This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I, um, hmm. I, I would, I would say I'm doing molecular therapy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. That's exciting. So I've, I've heard that, uh, um, analogy as less like, uh, surgery was to, you know, almost like uh, snake oil. Molecular therapy will be to modern medicine. In other words, uh, you know, you look at all the different types of uh, diseases that are related to bacteria or viruses or, you know, something that is related to biology in medicine. Uh, it seems like the way to solve problems would be to understand at the cellular level how to fix it and then uh, and using therapies to uh, either reverse uh, things that are missing in the DNA, or not missing in the DNA, but are defective maybe in the DNA and or uh, affect things that are uh, may not be processed incorrectly at the cellular level. But anyway, what 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 are your thoughts on uh, what's exciting in that field? I, I think it's I think it's incredibly invaluable. I think it's something that needs to be done in order to continue and to continue being better and um, growing and just getting things accomplished. You know, we have so many questions in medicine of how do we help people? And we're just like, yeah, shoulder shrugging. But if we keep doing this, we keep doing the research, that won't be a shoulder shrug. That'll be like, we can do it now kind of a thing. So it's, what, it's what's important. your thoughts on uh, stem ther- cell therapy? I've I've seen a lot of that uh, showing up now with macular degeneration, uh, 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 heart attack, whether repairing parts of the ha- heart uh, after a major bypass surgery, or or even if their the heart is damaged, like valves, um, uh, even some joints. They're even talking about. Uh, repairing instead of uh, replacing ligaments uh, with synthetic materials using uh, stem cell. Do, do you, is that something that's part of molecular therapy or do you, is that as uh, an area that's a little bit different? I, I would say that it's in the molecular therapy uh, genre. It's, it's something that I think a lot of people aren't comfortable with. Uh, it's, but it has, it, it has merit. It has definitely proved itself to be a worthy field of pursuing. And I think it should be continued to look ever so it's, closely. It into seems it. like their, the knowledge on growth factors was the key. I mean, that was the, kind of the scary thing about stem cell. If, if, if it differentiated improperly, but it seems like that uh, there's more control on those, on the growth factors. And so that, um, um, you know, you, they, they t- harvest your own stem cells, they, repro- uh, they, they get it uh, mass produced, you could say, and then they just basically inject it into the body and the body doesn't see it as uh, a foreign substance. So the immune system doesn't kill it. And so it, uh, then it goes to the site and it, it just starts to work with the electrical and the growth factors 
that it seems to just uh, produce tissue. I, I, I heard it um, uh, in some cases it was uh, with cardio myofraction, I believe that's the phrase. Um, it was getting like uh, quite a significant uh, uh, repair. And in the macular degeneration, they were saying that, you know, it was, it was fix, fixing some of those problems there. Um, what are the areas that you, you see are exciting molecular therapy? I, I um, personally, I focus with a zebrafish model looking at the regenerative properties of zebrafish. Um, they have a natural ability to regenerate um, basically their entire body, fins, hearts, um, everything. I focus primarily on the heart. And I, um, the, the idea is to see uh, the roles of the extracellular matrix proteins that um, what they do during this process of regeneration and see if we can kind of manipulate that into a human model in the future. But the idea is learning about it first and seeing what's actually causing this to happen. So would, would you put that into some sort of biological scaffolding? And then if you could regenerate, uh, regenerate different parts of tissues and then graft it in, is that the approach or is it more structural integration with existing biological system? Uh, for me, it would be more so just deciphering what's happening. Uh, okay. For later on, once this knowledge has been obtained, and it's not just from my uh, research, it would be from a collection of others who are also doing regeneration and heart, because you need everything to kind of play the role at the same time. So, excuse me, play the role at the same time. And then I would think that what you said would be a, a pretty prominent step into going forward. What was the um, characteristics of the zebrafish that um, makes that a good candidate for study? Zebrafish are to me, a remarkable model to use because they lay their eggs outside. So I don't have to do any, if I do any work in development or looking at the zebrafish heart in development, I don't have to do a C-section like you would have to do on a mouse, things like that. So they lay their eggs externally. So I can look at the, that at the young stage. They're also uh, quick to mature to adulthood and they are... Um, transparent at youth so it's a lot easier to work with them with that and it's pretty inexpensive uh, compared to uh, mouse and rat models um, what what is what type of things have you discovered uh, do they you said that in the heart it would possibly regenerate does it have a quality like a a gecko where if it loses a limb or a tail, it can regenerate. I mean, obviously, being a fish, if it loses parts of its uh, limb systems, are they able to regenerate? So uh, for the fins and yet yeah, uh, for the fins and outside parts of the fish, they can regenerate that pretty easily. You can full on amputate portions of the tail, and the tail will um, come back. But uh, when it comes to the heart, there's a model out there called the cryo injury model. It's um, basically you're causing a myocardial infarction in the zebrafish. Oh. And the myocardial infarction is in humans and zebrafish, wherever the infarction is, is a row of dead cells. They're there, but they're not active. And this, and what happens in the zebrafish is that the regeneration process will remove those cells and then replace them with healthy ones. So you're not remove, you're not amputating any part of the heart, but you are killing part of the heart. And then the regeneration will reliven it let's say. Hmm. 
That's a really interesting study. Um, you know, it's uh, especially, you know, when you've had a heart attack, um, it changes your whole life. Your diet changes, your exercise changes. You have to, uh, you know, you have to pay attention uh, completely to your health. You're on all kinds of medications uh, and it's expensive to try to recover. Um, have you noticed uh, in your research anything, um, what is kind of like your process uh, for research? Do you just uh, observe data and then uh, you're collecting data and, and then you're running it through models uh, trying to extract out uh, meaning or are you just collecting data uh, in the form of uh, maybe in cloud data, putting it up there and uh, you're just running different tests uh, and then storing the information on the test versus actually trying to draw conclusions or are you drawing conclusions from the data now? There's a really fun metaphor that people have used throughout research in this, in this field. And that is if you were to look at what an ER surgeon does, if, unless you're in critical condition, what the ER surgeon first wants to do is they want to know what's wrong with you. In order to do that, what they would do is a series of imaging tests, x-ray, CAT scan, you know, things like this, so they can find out what's wrong. That's kind of like what we do at the cellular level. We get our microscopes, you know, we have fancy microscopes now, and we image what we're looking for. And this is how we can find things. We can false color our images and that can help us bridge our, uh, what we're trying to find. You know, that's, it's, it's just deciphering, it's a puzzle, but we can't so do it's it. it's like a visual representation of your data. At, do you, when you look at that visual uh, picture of the data, um, does it tell you a story? It's, yes. Yes, it definitely tells you a story, and it's up to us researchers to, you know, finalize that story and get it published. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I guess where I, was go where I was going when I heard that is, uh, you know, in machine learning, uh, they're doing a lot of image recognition now. And I saw this uh, article the other day where um, – a machine detected a cancerous growth. And uh, when you looked at it, uh, it, it was a, a cancerous growth in the brain. And so there was a, just a, a certain light area in an area, guess where you wouldn't expect to see a light area and the machine said, oh, this is the probability that's cancer. And then, so they did the, you know, they, I don't know how they, they do it, but they bring in an expert or if they had to, you know, uh, I don't know how they would verify that, but they, they did confirm that it was a cancerous growth. So it seemed to be able to recognize uh, through image processing uh, what was non-cancerous versus what was cancerous. And, and that's one of the things that we like to see. We like to visualize the, like, all the things that are wrong. And, you know, that, that was, that's actually a really cool tool that they use, and especially if it was on a live person and everything like that. So remarkable work. I'm going to look that up after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think I had that on my LinkedIn, but uh, yeah, one was just uh, taking different topics and analyzing how CNN uh, convolution neural nets were being used to recognize uh, cancer. So those are pretty popular because they, uh, you know, they, they're real fast for training and, uh, um, 
I don't know what the accuracy is, but they're not, they're not quite as complex as the as the multi-layer neural nets. But uh, so they've they've been really popular for things like face rec recognition. But they've applied uh, this company applied it to uh, recognizing cancer, and they were able to identify that. But so that's uh, it's just interesting to see. You know, uh, do you see a place for using you know like a, uh, image recognition to help you as a tool, or is that something still that uh, is too complex to uh, defer to machine to draw conclusions? I would say yes and no. There are some aspects of a machine that, you know, like bi biology is, is weird. In, in math, you get a correct answer. In biology, there are always exceptions to the rule. So it would be really hard to implement every single exception you know that's probably why they gave a probability that this is cancerous in that machine because it's like there's so many other things going on so i would say that yes but you always want to do some sort of manual uh confirmation okay. yeah that's really interesting well um so zebra fish are pretty exciting um you know and uh the some of the research you're doing there uh is that is that the final resting area for your research or is this something that's just a beginning step and that you plan to, uh, I guess, what are your plans or strategies for the future? Uh, well, in grad school, I have a motto and that is one day at a time. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's more so just um, getting done what I, what I want to get done in grad school first. And then I would think near the ending of grad school when I'm about to graduate, that's where I'll kind of think of, okay, where do I want to go next? As of now though, cause I'm still starting. Uh, it's, it's one day at a time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good way to look at it. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a big uh, elephant to try to, you know, uh, absorb all at once. And then, you know, but as you have your trajectory of where you think uh, things are going uh, and then as you get, uh, companies that are interested in your research or um, it leads to a job where you can uh, apply some of the things that you've learned that becomes kind of exciting oh yes definitely and it's probably you know I got like four or five more years left probably something new like a new company will arise in that time too it's just so much it's growing this is an ever-growing field so there's plenty of opportunities you just got to look for the one that fits you most at the end. Yeah. And, and you know, in the area, if, if you do continue, uh, you know, in the area of uh, heart cardiac research uh, is so interesting because uh, I guess obesity, they said was number one in terms of uh, uh, disease that are threatening people. And then the other one was heart cardiac. And so uh, it's, it's a one and two, I think, and I, I don't know where cancer fits in. But um, uh, it seems like, you know, um, that would be an area that would benefit from your research. Uh, most definitely. I think uh, the phenomenon that the zebrafish can regenerate is something that is worth harnessing and worth knowing about. Because if we could start, I'm not saying we're just going to naturally start regenerating our body, but if we can figure out a process that can lead to a natural regeneration for the future, it's worth the research and it's worth the time and effort. Because that would be the best alternative than to getting a heart replacement 
or a valve replacement or anything just to have a natural sense of regeneration, a better sense of regeneration. Okay. Well, uh, our time's about up. Uh, do you want to just share some uh, last thoughts? Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe about, you know, <laughs> other people that are going to follow your path, uh, maybe um, that might want to get into molecular therapy. Uh, do you have any advice for, you know, that area? I would say the same advice that the grad program coordinator gave us new grad students. And that was the easy science is over. Huh. <laughs> so wow. it's either an intimidation factor that you provided us or a motivator. I'm going to go with motivator, <laughs> uh-huh. but the easy science is over. It's now time we get to the complicated stuff. Wow. Yeah. I bet you're, I, I you know, I, one thing that's amazing. Uh, I, I have a nephew that's in med school now and, and he, he talks, uh, I, I imagine the amount of information that you have to read books that you have to read um, and the terminology you have to retain and understand is probably pretty, pretty strong combined with your chemistry and then uh, combined with biology. Oh, it's very strenuous. <laughs> and, uh, do, do you think more like a chemist or do you think more like a biologist? I like to think, I think more like a biologist. Okay. For my engineering background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because uh, when you, when you go to study medicine, you can start, oftentimes you start off in biology. Um, but I did notice when I, I looked at the Brown's book of internal medicine, I think it's for third year medical students. They are, it's totally loaded with chemistry, pharmaceutical and uh, diagnostics and prognostics. You know, it's amazing. Uh, it's a big, thick book. And I guess in the third year, they, uh, students start learning from there it's very interdisciplinary for sure yes yeah very interdisciplinary and i was surprised you know the combination of how much biology and and chemistry was combined um and i know that a lot of universities now that biology is the new hot field it's the new hot science and so they're you know they're building uh big buildings and uh, a lot of students are are going into that field so you're in a great field uh, I mean, so let's, they need to fix our building, but that's just me being a complainer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, biology is a big field. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I did see, uh, I did see down at BYU. I said, I said to my friend, he's a professor there, and I, I said, what's that building over there? And he goes, that's the new biology building. I go, wow, where's the new computer science building? And uh, uh, you know, so uh, even though you know Utah's a high tech. Uh, uh, community uh biology was getting on the campus was getting the new build beautiful new building so okay well thanks for talking with me yeah, thanks and for having I'll me send you a copy excellent thank you so much you bet